David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I am really excited to be joined by Alfonso Salema, uh, CEO of Start Campus. Alfonso, thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to get to hear about what you guys are doing. It's a pleasure to be here, and nice to see you again. Yeah, I think last time we connected was in Hawaii, so obviously Zoom will work for now, but um, hopefully this <laughs> time it can be close to the beach again. Before we jump in, um, you know, you have a very interesting background. Um, you know, it's always interesting to hear uh, how people got into the data center space, but I, I think yours specifically is is interesting. Just kind of what part of the um, you know working world you came from. So just talk about that. Like, how did you? Uh, start in the data center world, and what was your background before? Yeah, of course. So, uh, at the onset, I'm in the, an industrial engineer at heart. So that's what I, I major in. Um, although I've been always tied to uh, to to the investment side of the business, and I've stayed um, you know, slightly short of twenty years in, into investment banking, where I focused mostly on. On um, on infrastructure, uh, utilities, uh, large projects, those uh, and pure advisory roles. So advising um, private equity firms, advising utilities on their uh, investment strategies, uh, dealt with renewables in China, in Chile. Uh, Europe is fairly easy compared with those uh, jurisdictions. Hydro plants in Africa. Uh, coal, gas plants uh, in the UK and Germany, even nuclear, um, and all the, all the entire chain of of the infrastructure space. Well, so, and yeah, I think, and it's that background that I think is really um, it seems like it's very, prepared you very well for some of the work that you're doing with the Start Campus. Talk about that and the strategy that that you'll have. Talk about the development, and then and then what's the strategy behind it. No, and, and that's that's actually where the ideas stem from. So um, one one of the realizations that we had uh, pre twenty twenty uh, was that there was um, there are two major trends going on in the in the in, in the globe right now. You have uh, the first secular trend is the power transition. And regardless on which technology you're going to win and how different countries are going are, are looking at it, one thing is certain: you will have last call, last call installed uh, around the world. Um, there's a shift towards endogenous sources uh, like renewables uh, to gain as uh, energy independency, um, and that's and that train is not going to stop, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens. Whether you believe in global warming or not, that train is not stopping. Um, and in its wake, it, it will leave behind a lot of really, really nice infrastructure. So if you take, because if you look into the easiest is always a coal power plant, look into a coal power plant, an old one. If you take away the polluting bit, you're left with um, some amazing uh, access to, to that facility. Probably you have ro- uh, road and rail. You'll have uh, you'll be at the heart of the power grid, so you have uh, undisputed access to that grid. You have uh, sophisticated um, cooling solutions that have been worked for that have worked for decades at the industrial scale, and quite often you have pretty strong connectivity. Given that these facilities need to be managed uh, real time and they're deemed to be 
um, uh, critical infrastructure. So you have all of that if you take out the the the, the dirty uh, the dirty bit. Um, and uh, on a social scale, you'll see a lot of towns and a lot of um, of of communities that have developed around it. And once you start removing it, if you don't have a backup plan or what to do with that, you actually disenfranchise an entire range of the population, which uh, which is not good, which is not good and shouldn't be on our sustainable goals. So by and when you talk with utilities, uh, what one of the things I found I found more surprising, they always came back with the same answer. Oh, no, we're going to do biomass because we saw one project that worked well with biomass. So we're going to do biomass. And that has been the promise of the last 20 years that never mm -hmm. materialized. Mm -hmm. So I always thought it has to be more than that. And then you have the second trend, which is the, um, the digital transition. And on the digital transition, the data centers are at the core, are really at the core. And what's funny about data centers is that they've, they've, they've came as a very niche, um, a, a very niche asset. Mm -hmm. um, to the point that you still have a wide range of people that still think that data centers are just overspec logistics centers. Completely wrong. <laughs> they're moving. They're moving towards a much more um, industrialized operation, mm -hmm. where you have uh, you. And I I measure the let's call it industrialization by the number of concurrent systems that you need to manage mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the, uh, as well as the amount of resources that you need, to, you need to use. So the data center industry is growing into much more resource intense, much more com complex uh, in terms of managing, the, managing those facilities. Um, and it didn't make sense to have the same hat of, uh, oh, I just find a, a space, an office space there. I'll try to make it a data center out of it. It just doesn't make doesn't make sense when you look at at the, at the topography of the connect, uh, of the connected world and how that is evolving. Um, the large scale deployments uh, have been shown to be one of the key driving factors of the hyperscalers. Why they've been so uh, they've been competing so well into the market, uh, and that shows where where the trends should go. So when you merge these two trends. You have quite a unique, quite a unique strategy, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking hold of facilities on a, uh, facilities that were being uh, left behind. We're rejuvenating um, a dirty, let's call it a dirty area, because it was, I mean, you had you had sixty hectares of cold fields. That's really huge black black mass close to these beautiful beaches. This this beach yeah. is beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing surfing beach. Um, uh, and we take away that nasty piece, uh, but we, we recycle the best of that infrastructure mm -hmm. in order to enable the next generation of infrastructure. And that's where the whole thesis came about. Um, we scouted, uh, and, and our initial work was only focused on Europe. Yeah. Um, that's what we're more familiar with, uh, and how we can uh, and how we can add more value. And our on our initial work, we scouted roughly 550 sites. Wow. 
um, and where we can meet uh, all of the big all of the big um, elements to make a successful data center. Um, and Sinus came on the top ten. Um, so that's and that's where we started. For th those that you know are talking about uh, the the you kind of call it the power transition or, or you know focusing more on renewables and figuring out how to make that transition what are some of the challenges that you have y'all have faced or that you see the industry facing to actually get to that point you know where they will will people that's, will that's a the very good question and will go down that road to do it that's a very good question um i think the biggest where I'll, I'll split it into the first level challenge and then we'll go to some details so the first challenge is that most of the players still think that by um, by taking sustainable uh, options, it's an additional cost. It actually it's it's like it, and and some people still treat it as it's an added tax. It's a green uh, invisible tax that I need to add to my operations, and it's just going to mess everything around. So to get out of that mentality and actually embed sustainability into your core. Uh, in a way that actually you'll have cheaper operations, you'll have uh, a, a, much, a much more resilient asset, that's the biggest challenge. Mm. That's the first biggest challenge. And uh, truth be told, I don't see many who, who, who see it that way, who, who have shifted already. But the reality is it is possible. It's not by, by chance that uh, solar is the lowest uh, lowest cost of, of power that exists in the world today, mm. if you know how to deploy it. Mm. Um, the second challenge is when you do these, um, these very strong and hard commitments on sustainability, some of them, they look really good on marketing, and are quite challenging on the real on real life, mm. like twenty four seven being able to source power twenty four seven in order not to be accused of greenwashing mm -hmm. means means that you really know, really need to know power. Yeah, there's no excuse. You can just say, "Oh, uh, these guys have uh, a green envelope, so probably their power is green." I'm buying, it. or I just buy CO two licenses, my power is green. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, you actually need to know where you're sourcing your power, uh, how that, how those resources behave, uh, how can you tackle your consumption with 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 that power in order to meet that 24/7. And that's one of the biggest challenges. Well, not only not only hyperscalers, but utilities uh, and large consumers have to, have today. Which how to meet that challenge? How to rise up to that challenge? Um, and it's something that we are uh, we are able to do, uh, given our unique way on how to look into power delivery uh, into into the data center. Um, uh, and I think that's one of one of the biggest. And then you go to the other components of what what entails sustainability. It's not only power. It's also also uh, you need to look at other resources that you're looking at, uh, like water consumption. How can you avoid any water consumption? Better yet, how can you be a net water producer uh, into the communities that you're in? Is that even possible? Um, and second, what's your embedded carbon? Are you actually tracking your carbon? Do you know how much carbon your, your facility has? 
what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do anything about it? And are you going just to pay a fee to someone on the other side of the world to tell you that they've planted trees on your behalf? Or are you actually working with the communities around? Those are some of the biggest challenges if you want to do a truly sustainable strategy. Yeah, and that's the evolution in the space right now that we're seeing, certainly on the power side. Um, and it will it's going to have to continue, I think, if, if uh, data center operators and investors want to uh, invest in solutions long-term that will provide the type of sustainability from a power standpoint that it's going to take uh, to do the things that you're talking about. Another evolution that we've seen is, is almost, a, in some ways, a geographical shift where a lot of the investment uh, for data center campuses over the last probably five to eight years has been like near larger cities. So, um, you know, if we think in Europe, it would be like around, you know, in Frankfurt, uh, if it's, you know, in London, it's kind of in the larger, you know, city areas. Now we're starting to see uh, those deployments geographically be placed kind of outside of the larger cities into different areas. So talk about that strategy. That certainly yeah, is part of the strategy that's a very here. Good. And why is that that's happening? All. So, I think it's funny that you say now you're seeing it because if you look and when we started looking to this, we actually looked at behavior of several, several of the larger uh, deployments across the globe and how these evolved. And we saw that hyperscalers, yes, some of them, they, they tend to be very close, very close to metro areas. But if they can, they're actually away from it. They're actually hmm. away from it. And I think only now the rest of the industry is moving towards that. Sure. And there's there's a very there's a very easy uh, there there are several explanations. I think the one that I like the most uh, is that it's much easier to move uh, to move a photon than an electron. So it's hmm. much easier to to move data than actually to move power and to have your power your 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 power strategy behind it. So that's element number one. But then there's there's another subtle element which I think is becoming more and more relevant which is data centers, given that they've come from a real estate world, they are perceived as competing against the resources that would be available to real estate assets. Mm. And what I mean is uh, data centers have this really bad uh, reputation that they're taking away new houses and new offices. They have this really bad reputation because they're being put under the same bucket. When uh, if you look and how where the, or, or where the industry is headed and the, the type of, uh, I'll call it again, industrialization of data, you should you should compare it with industry. Mm -hmm. And if you can compare it with you compare it with industry, which is outside of the big urban uh, uh, areas, actually on areas which are catered to to industry deployments. If you compare with that, um, data centers win by a mile. They're always a, be a better option. Always. And that's a way that you can move uh, either nasty neighborhoods, which were uh, industry uh, industry intensive uh, or areas close to to metro uh, or even new areas uh, moving away from the from the, the dark industry type of connotation into a greener into a greener shift. And without competing with the same resources, because when you're in an in, in industrial area, no one is checking how much power you're dragging or how much water and sure. so on. Yeah. Well, well, they are, but given the the surrounding context, you're yeah. probably much better than anyone else. Sure. 
Yeah, it's a, so yeah, totally different lens that they're evaluating that type of use versus the other. I totally agree. And then the communities around you will say you're you're our savior. You're bringing something yeah. really really interesting, <laughs> sure. really interesting to to this industry uh, only focused area. Yeah, it's one of the um, really fascinating, I think, things to watch over the last probably three to five years, especially if you look at like the U.S. and Europe and and you know APAC as well, like how communities and different uh, groups have responded to data center development and, you know, historically what has been accepted and attractive now in certain areas is certainly not to your point earlier. And then, you know, where there is abandoned infrastructure, you know, coal plants that you talked about that are, you're going to decommission and utilize that infrastructure for other things or other places that, you know, areas that have been left behind by other industries, um, you know, you're right. You use the term savior. It's like they've come in and they're utilizing infrastructure that, um, you know, has been there. So that's a that's a really good point. How do you when you think about start campus three, five years from now? Um, and I would say you all are doing some pretty innovative things here. But what are some of the maybe areas of focus uh, from an innovation standpoint that you all want to continue to focus on or, you know, new focuses that there will be in the next few years? Well, there are. There are several. <laughs> there are several. Um, it, it depends on which area you want to focus. Um, uh, there are several challenges. Um, one, and we have several initiatives. Uh, on the power side uh, is how do you integrate uh, data center operations actually with the entire grid? How can you be? How can you move from a passive element into a power grid? to an active element. What does this mean? It means that as, uh, as entire countries are, move, are trying to move towards renewables, they need large players to help them uh, manage the grid. They really do. It's not, it's not, going, to be, it's not going to be your, um, your, your standard Joe who's going to switch on and switch off the light in order for the grid not to go out. It's going to be the large players who will help manage the grid. Uh, as the old power stations used to do, now has to come from the consumption side. And the data centers have a, a tremendous opportunity to be part of something much bigger uh, uh, on, that, on, that, on that front. When you look into cooling, when you look at uh, the needs for cooling, especially with the emergence of the AI and the much more intense workloads, you will start having a still low grade, but it's but it's a very useful low grade heat. Mm. How can you integrate with your neighbors? How what can you do with it? Yeah. And I know if you're talking the Nordics, everyone says district heating. Well, newsflash: district heating does not work everywhere in the world. It mm. doesn't doesn't make sense because the sheer inv investment into uh, into infrastructure may, renders it quite uh, a useless way uh, of resources. But there are several other alternatives which can be quite interesting. So you can use it for a desal facility, for example. You could use it with neighbor industries who have a useful, uh, um, have, find some use, usefulness on that, on that low grade heat. Um, um, and you need to keep on, you, you need to keep on looking in, into these. And we're also looking into uh, how do we do carbon mitigation uh, mm -hmm. and, and compensation to completely neutralize uh, our position. Um, so there are several initiatives that we're, 
very happy uh, embarking on, which we hope to 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 see some some of them bearing fruit that will drive the next the next development and the next and the next. And that's how yeah. you need to be thinking about data centers. You cannot think it. Yes, this is a real a long term asset, but it has tremendous potential for for all this innovation while still maintaining the criticality of operations and uh or and and being always on yeah that's good um and okay so last question from your standpoint you know you're ceo of star campus leading the you know this innovative uh long-term solution that you all have there uh, in portugal how do you you know if you think about the industry in five ten years from now now, you are talking to the biggest users in the space. You're listening to what their challenges are. You know, what do you think are going to make the biggest impacts on our space as a whole? I mean, certainly it's sustainability, which we've talked about, but what are some of the other um, takeaways that you've heard or you know about that you feel like will will make an, you know, like a significant impact on our on our industry? I think it's connectivity. It all comes to, to connectivity. I think there's going to be an explosion, or you, you already see the seeds of it. There's going to be an explosion of connectivity uh, across the, the globe. The globe is going to be much more uh, intertwined. And when you have um, when you have the low orbit uh, satellites also on, it means that you have a new axis to tap on. So that tremendous amount of connectivity will drive how data centers interact not only as a standalone basis, but with uh, all other ones. So I do see that what we're building, you'll see a couple of uh, some of them being built uh, uh, around the world. And then you have, you won't have your standard Metro uh, edge uh, nodes. You have way more nodes, way mm. more nodes because that connectivity allows you for that. But smaller ones, you have smaller nodes, with much larger capacity behind it to service those nodes. And it, it will be the interaction between these two that will make a much better uh, uh, user experience uh, and sparsely driven other connectivity. I think connectivity, the connectivity drivers are not only AI. Mm. Uh, it's not only AI or the, the sheer amount of, uh, of data that is growing each year. I think there's a more fundamental one which is driving it, which is geopolitics. Mm. Uh, and geopolitics depends that you have all, all that resilience and uh, and a much a much tighter connectivity mesh uh, to avoid uh, to avoid potential issues um, on a global scale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the network piece has become so much more important. Um, and you know, you I think probably with your background and certainly the campus that you will have. I mean, you have a very global view of our business and our space. And um, there really is a globalization of our industry taking place, you know, for years and years. And there still are micro trends happening in maybe the US that aren't happening in Europe or Europe that aren't having happening in APAC. But more than ever, these areas are experiencing a lot of the same challenges. And, um, you know, the one thing that will drive the efficiency of all these besides certainly the sustainability piece is also the connectivity side. Um, so, well, Afonso, thank you so much for taking time uh, to connect with us. Uh, you know, it's really fun to see the progress uh, on and just in the, in the backdrop of your, uh, of your screen right here. I know for people that are more that are interested 
you can get on uh, Start Campus's website and they've got great information about um, you know what they're doing there. You can also connect with Afonso and his team as well. Afonso, thanks again. And we look forward to connecting um, again soon in the future. Thank you. And perhaps next time we'll be drinking something uh, around here. <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Talk soon. Cheers.